Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. Probably a couple months ago now, Pastor Just, Justin called me. I'm still trying to say Josh's snow snack. I can't say that. Josh's snow shack. All right. Um, a couple months ago, um, Justin called me and asked me to speak, and I felt real quick that the Lord had put a message in my heart of what I was supposed to share at Foundations Church. And so I had it all planned out, and I got it written out. I was way, way ahead of advance. I'm like, that's good. I like to be prepared, I like to be, um, to be ready. And then a couple weeks ago, Mike called me. Uh, Pastor Michael called me, and he asked me to come and speak at their youth camp. And so I said, hey, is there anything specific that you want to speak about? Well, I had planned on speaking today about um, not following your feelings, how your feelings can lie to you, and following uh, God's truth. And Michael asked me, he said, hey, do you think that you could speak on not following your feelings and following the Holy Spirit? And so I was like, that's awesome, because that's exactly what... And then I realized, wait a second, that means I have to write another sermon now. And so... (laughs) And so anyways, but I do believe that this, what I'm going to have to say today is for you. I was, um, our associate youth pastor was speaking last Wednesday night and we sat down and, and uh, we were talking and we were working on this together and it's a little bit different than what he had, but um, I believe that this is, this is for you guys today. How many of you would agree that 2020 has been a pretty messed up year, right? It's just been like, like crazy. You know, we started off in with coronavirus back whenever, whatever month that was, it feels like seven years ago. Um, it's like 2020 has been the, the worst decade ever. Um, but we started off with coronavirus and then all the school got canceled. It was awesome because we thought it was gonna be for like two weeks. Then all of you realized that you actually had signed it to be homeschool uh, teachers. And then all the activities got canceled. NBA got canceled, baseball got canceled. Um, if OU football gets canceled, it's not gonna be good. Um, does OSU still have a football? Anyways, um, <laughs> Um, and then the Olympics got canceled. Like, I love me some Olympics. Who here likes the Olympics? Like, I am patriotic. Like, I will run my neighborhood with an American flag. Like, I love the Olympics. Um, and then, um, just when we thought things were starting to settle down, Tiger King came out, right? That was a great um, endorsement for Oklahoma. Um, and then, after that, we had the good old murder hornets. Pastor Justin had the, the killer bees at his house. It was, it was pretty crazy. We had all the racial tension and unrest that went on. And, and so now, luckily, we get to end 2020 with a nice, relaxing, uh, unifying presidential election <laughs> to get our country back on track, right? And so <laughs> you ever think to yourself, like, all, we have like 300 and something million people in the world, and it's these two guys. Anyways, um, so, so I'm, I'm not making fun. Anyways, um, so the only thing that we never really had in 2020 was, I, I was talking to my wife about this last night. I'm like, we didn't have tornadoes this year, did we? 
And as I was looking back, like, raise your hand if you're like, I don't think I ever even, like, took shelter this year. Anybody? Well, of course you didn't, because you live in Oklahoma, right? You don't take shelter, right? I'm from Mustang. We don't take shelter. Tornadoes equals cheap entertainment, all right? Like, where I grow up, it's like, it's for us, who's your big weatherman that you listen to here? Travis Meyer, is that still okay? Boy, he's like old school. He's an OG from back when I was growing up in Sand Springs. Well, in Tulsa or in, in Oklahoma City, it's David Payne. He gets excited. He's always like coming up with new words. Like it's a stovepipe. It's a grinder. And so we made like this, this tornado uh, bingo thing that I play with all my friends. More is the free space. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but <laughs> sorry. Um, but anyways, um, I have family that lives in Moore. So anyways, but um, <laughs> that's not funny. But this year, there weren't even any tornadoes. That's how messed up 2020 was, all right? It wasn't even fun. There were no tornadoes. How many of you can remember a time in your life where there was like a storm and, and you like, that was like a line of demarcation. That's a big word today. Like you can remember a storm that you went through. Some of you, it wasn't just, you guys aren't gonna raise your hand for nothing, all right? Maybe it wasn't like a real storm, but maybe it was like a storm that you went through. But I remember in, in uh, back, man, it would have been the May 3rd, 1999 tornado went through more. The last thing it hit was Carbondale Assembly of God, where I grew up. I grew up in Sand Springs. I grew up going to Carbondale Assembly of God. That was the last thing it hit. Um, we got a new church out of it. <laughs> but um, for two years, we were meeting in a new location. I remember the 2013 tornado and more hit the plaza uh, school, and it, and it killed a lot of a lot of kids and, and more, it was, it was a scary thing. Um, but storms are scary. I remember, though, one of my favorite tornadoes was 2015, all right? So it was a typical night. They're like, the storms could be bad. And so my wife is like, let's get Chick-fil-A and get a bunch of, I'll get some sweet tea brewing. Maybe you could grill, and then we'll, like, sit around the TV and watch the tornadoes together as a family. And so we had, like, our football helmets on and everything. I got my guns out because I don't know why. <laughs> and so anyways, um, <laughs> nothing that keeps you safe during a tornado like a 12-gauge, right? All right. So in 2015, so it kind of got late at night, and they're like, there's a tornado that's heading towards the Oklahoma City area, like down in, it's down like in the southeast corner, or southwest corner, which is, is normal. It's always coming up like to Newcastle, Bridge Creek, and you're always kind of scared that it's going to hit Mustang, Mustang, but then it veers, it goes like to Moore, like always. And so, um, or it goes north up to like Piedmont. And so like, if you live in Mustang, it's totally cool because you get to enjoy all the like fun of the, of the tornado knowing that you're probably not going to get hit. So I'm sitting there drinking my sweet tea. Listen to David Payne say words like stovepipe, grinder, and all that kind of stuff. And next thing I know, he's like, there's a tornado that's heading towards Tuttle. So like, here's Mustang and here's Tuttle, all right? So it's pretty close. And then the next thing was even more specific. There's a tornado heading towards Tiger Safari, all right? Which is this place that has lions and tigers and other animals in Tuttle because we know that lions and tigers live in Tuttle, Oklahoma. And so the next thing that comes on is Tiger Safari just got hit by the tornado. I'm like, this is getting real, all right? So I'm starting, my mind is starting to go, like my redneck mind and all my redneck friends, we're starting to think, like Michael, you would have loved this. The next thing that they come on the news and say, they stop their regularly scheduled TV program to say, ladies and gentlemen, the tornado hit Tiger Safari and the lions and the tigers are out, all right? I look at my wife and I was like, it's like the Kelly Clarkson, a moment like this. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? So I'm getting like, because I already had my shotgun and my other, I'm not going to say all my weapons I have. But anyway, so all my phones starts ringing. They're like, the tigers are out. The lions are out. Like, we're going tiger hunting. Yeah, all right. And so we all get in the car. We go to get, get our, we don't have a quick trip in Mustang, it's sad. Anyway, we go to 7-Eleven, we get a big gulp, and we're heading to Total to go find us some tigers and some lions, all right? We're going to make the most. My wife is like, you're leaving me in the middle of a tornado to go hunt lions and tigers. And I'm like, babe, 
it's a tough job. Somebody has to do it. The next thing that come on the radio, this is what they said. This is how redneck our town is, all right? They're like, the city of Tuttle police have asked that people stop driving to Tuttle. This was on Newsline. Stop driving to Tunnel to hunt the lions. All the lions and the tigers are accounted for, all right? Totally ruined my evening. <laughs> totally ruined my evening. We're like, oh, that stinks. So we went to Big Gulp and got another Big Gulp because Dr. Pepper makes everything better. Amen? So my wife got mad at me, and, um, but I actually did get a picture from that night. Um, and so... Uh, I'm joking. Some of you are like, he shot a tiger. Can you not see the deer legs underneath? That's the worst Photoshop job, Photoshop job ever, okay? Some of you are getting mad. Don't listen. I was Tiger King before Tiger King was Tiger King, all right? So, but my wife, I did not shoot a tiger. Do not email me. It's a joke, all right? I don't like tiger. They're okay with a little Chick-fil-A sauce, but other than that. All right, so, so my wife got mad at me, and um, she was mad at me because I was leaving, the worst thing you can do in a storm is leave. And if there's something that we're pretty good at in our society, I've learned that we are pretty good at leaving. So if you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to the book of Acts. And the title of my message today is Listen, Don't Leave. So in our society, we're good at leaving, but we're not good at staying, are we? I want you to think about it. Like, I've, I've worked at our church now a little over 13 years. There's been a lot of people come and go. And when, you, when you're a new person at your job, like, they, like, they throw you a party. And then when you leave, they throw you a party. It's like, yay, you're leaving, all right? Sometimes people are way too happy to see other people go. One of the things I noticed the other day is they never have, like, a you haven't left yet party. Like, I'm like, I've been here for 13 years. Like, why don't you, like, bring me cake for not leaving? Like, I'm committed. You know what I'm talking about? Well, we don't do that in our society, do we? We value what? We value leaving. And what I've found is this. If you stay anywhere long enough, you're going to have a few storms. Amen? If you stay anywhere long enough, you are going to have a few storms. Some of you in here today, you're in a storm and you want to leave. And I'm telling you, listen, don't leave. Um, maybe your storm is you have a marriage that you want to leave. Maybe you have a job that you want to leave. Maybe you have a church you want to leave. You're like, yep, I visited this church, and he's confirming I'm never coming back. I'm not the real pastor, all right? He'll be back next week. Some of you are tempted to leave God. Some of you even want to check out of this world. And I feel like that God sent me here today to tell you this. Listen, don't leave. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would speak through me today, Jesus. This is not about me. This is about you, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. In Acts 27, we're going to read a story about Paul and a bunch of guys who are on a boat who get in a storm. And just to kind of set this up, Paul, this is the end of Acts. Um, I mean, Acts, I mean, you go to Acts chapter 28 and it's, and it's all done, right? And so Paul is, um, he's on his way to Rome. He's always wanted to go to Rome. He did not know that he was going to be going to Rome in the way that he's going in this story, which is as a prisoner. And so why was he a prisoner? He was going to uh, stand before Caesar for everything he had been doing in the book of Acts. He's gotten saved. He's starting churches. And so they're, they're mad at him. Luke is writing this. So Luke is giving the account. And so um, that kind of sets the stage for what's going on. And so they get to this, uh, they're, they're making their way to Rome, and they get to this harbor. And they're kind of afraid that maybe they should leave. They, they want to go on. They want to get to Italy. They want to get to where they're going. 
But Paul says, wait a second here, I think we need to stop. Now, if I were them, I would have listened to Paul. Number one, because he wrote like most of the New Testament, so that's like pretty good credentials, you know, writing most of the New Testament, that's pretty good. And, and then the second thing is he had been in three shipwrecks already. And so if like, there's a guy that's been, like if there was an airplane pilot that has crashed three times and lived to talk about it, he's like, I don't know if I get on this airplane. I'm like getting my pretzels, I'm getting my cranberry juice, and I'm getting off the plane, right? So Paul is like, you guys need to watch out, you need to, and, and they don't listen to him, and so here's what happens, okay? It says this, Acts 27, it says, much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement, which means it would have been about in the middle of October, so for them it was like getting into hurricane season. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss. Now that's comforting, isn't it? It's going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo into our own lives also. But the centurion, the guy that was the leader, Instead of listening to what Paul said, remember how I said to listen? Instead of listening to what Paul said, everyone say listen. Instead of listening to what Paul said, he followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. My first point that I want you to know today is this. Stay in the harbor. Stay in the harbor. The storm season was coming. They didn't want to stay in Fairhaven because it wasn't the ideal situation. They wanted to get to Phoenix, all right? If I was choosing between Fairhaven and Phoenix, I'm going to say Phoenix sounds better than like Fairhaven, all right? Like fair. Who wants to be there? If it was like Great Haven, maybe. But I want to go to Phoenix. Phoenix just sounds better. And Paul wants them to stay in the harbor. He says, men, I can see our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss. And they don't listen to him. They decide to go on. Um, Have you ever made a plan and then someone came up to you and said, I don't know if I'd do that. Like teenagers, like the the guy that you really like finally asks you out on a date and your mom's like, I don't know. Girl, or you know, or, or, or vice versa. And this is what happens. Rather than stay in the situation they didn't like, they end up sailing into a storm that almost kills them. Listen, don't leave. Have you ever felt like you've made a bad situation worse? Anybody ever that? Like, life is hard and it's harder when you're stupid? You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And this is what happens here. They're in a bad situation, but they're about to make it worse. And here's the thing. We can't control the situation that we're in. We cannot control the storms that come our way, but we can control the decisions that we make. We can't control who we listen to in the middle of that. And what I have found in life is this. There's usually about 15 to 20 unwise decisions that you make before you get to the sin decision. Before you get to the point to where you do something really stupid, you do a whole lot of things and you're like, that wasn't smart, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And these guys are at this place. It's not usually the first decision that is the problem. It's the next thing. It's the thing that happens after that. A couple days ago, I was driving home from my son's baseball practice. We get into the driveway, and my, my truck started making this noise. It sounded like it was like a honking noise that was going on. And I'm looking around. I'm like, is that my truck? And my son Cooper's like, that is your truck, Dad. And like, it was making this horrible noise. And I've learned that when your truck makes noises, you need to pay attention to it, right? And so... The next day, I took my truck to, uh, to the mechanic, and he called me. and was like, yeah, your air compressor is out. 
And so I don't know if you know that or not, but it was like about $1,500 to fix everything that had to be fixed. I'm like, that's awesome, right? Now, my truck is older, has 245,000 miles on it, but have you ever looked and seen how much trucks cost? They're expensive, aren't they? And so I'm sitting there, but I'm mad. And so if you will kind of allow me, this is kind of one of those things that comes in. It's a storm I couldn't control. You know, you you don't want to get into debt. I don't want to do all this stuff. The truck is basically paid off, which means it isn't, but but it's it's almost completely paid off. And now I'm like, $1,500, are you kidding me? So what do I start doing? I'm not doing this. I start getting online, looking for new trucks. And as I'm looking for new trucks, all this kind of stuff, I feel like the Lord says, listen, (laughs) don't leave. And what I realized, I was about to turn a $1,500 decision into about a $30,000 decision. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Now, this is just real basic stuff. But I'm sitting there thinking, some of, some of the guys in the room are like, dadgummit, why is he talking about this? We almost had her convinced to buy the new truck. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, like 50, that's like the tag tax and title, you know? I could spend $1,500 a year on my truck and it's still cheaper than a $500 a month car payment. You know, like Dave Ramsey's in my head going like this, you know, you're like, okay, okay, okay. You know, but I need it. It's gonna put tigers in the back of it when I go hunting, you know? (laughs) And I almost allowed a $1,500 storm to turn into a $30,000 hurricane. I wonder if there's some of you into here today that you're in a place that you don't like. You're in a situation that's not fun and Satan is trying to get you to do something stupid and what you don't realize, you're about to turn a $1,500 storm into a $40,000 hurricane. Is anybody picking up what I'm laying down today? Your marriage isn't going exactly like you want it to go. It's not exactly like it was when you first got married. You realize he's actually not very good at shooting his underwear into the hamper. He misses. It's weird. He's like, make, he's like exactly like your younger brother used to be. Like he hasn't grown up at all. And you start making these bad decisions. Then you go to the gym and, and you see somebody else and you're, you know, he's not like that. And he, he actually pays attention to me. And what happens is, is you're, you're in a situation that you don't like, but what do you do? You're about to, you're about to turn one storm into a hurricane. Maybe, well, church, man, I, can't, I go to church today, first time back, Pastor Justin, dadgummit, he's on vacation. Does he even work? <laughs> Those people sit in my seat, they're not wearing a mask, and I know that I have never even seen them put on hand sanitizer. I'm leaving this church. And we allow little things that Satan puts into our life, and we allow these little storms to turn, and you don't realize you're going to uproot your kids where they love and they have friends and family just because you get a little offended at somebody and you're going to uproot your whole family, you're going to leave, you're going to turn a storm into a hurricane. Maybe it's a job you don't like with the boss that you don't like. Where else are you going to go? Some of you in here today, uh, this happens a lot with teenagers, you know, you get kind of lonely. Everybody else has a relationship. You get a little bit older, that loneliness, so you start dating and what you don't realize is <laughs> it's a, be a, you'd be a lot better off to be lonely than to marry that guy. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm just trying to be real today. It's depression. I'm, I'm sad. But what you don't realize is the alcohol you're using to cope with it, that's a whole other storm that you don't even want to go there. So today what I would encourage you to do is this. Stay in the harbor. <laughs> Stay where you know that it's safe. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided. Everyone say Majority. 
the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. Do you know if you're going to live for God, you better not expect to have the majority on your side? They didn't listen to Paul. What did they do? They listened to the majority, right? Teenagers are the worst at this. If they want to do something, they're going to go ask their youth pastor. He says no, and then they're going to ask their mom. She says no. going to go ask their dad. He says no. They will go around until they find somebody who says it's okay, and then that'll justify their situation, right? Because they're looking for somebody to say that it's okay. The sad thing is when I was growing up, kids pretty much heard the same thing at school, at home, and at church, and now it's all different. Kids, you, kids can find out. They can get somebody to approve what they want. You add in Satan starting to play with your mind in that whole mix, and the problem is this. You're in a situation you don't like, but can I tell you this? You can never change if you don't stay. You can never get better if you don't stay. Every relationship that you will ever be in, every church that you will ever be in, every job that you will ever have, any diet program you're ever on, any workout program ever, there will always be the times that you hit a difficult moment. There will be the times where you're like, I got to push through this. And you're like, I guess my marriage is over because we're not getting along. No, that's called you're two people. In Romans 5, it says this. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. That's kind of weird to think. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character produces hope. Why is our generation so hopeless today? We don't have hope because we don't have any character, because we don't have any perseverance, because we never suffer, because the moment something gets hard, we leave. Listen, don't leave. Ryan, what are you saying? I'm saying, well, maybe the reason why your kid has a problem every year at school is because every time something little kind of happens, you call the teacher. Maybe what God is saying is you need to allow them to suffer because that creates perseverance and that creates character and that creates hope. The only way you get hope is to go through those things according to the Bible. But if all we ever do is leave, we're always going to hit this spot. I see people all the time. They come to our church. Oh, you're so cool. Oh, our youth group is so amazing. Our last church, da-da-da-da. And I start, I, we take bets on how long it's going to be before they leave. Why, Ryan? Because it, it's just the way that it is. If they come in fast, they're going to leave fast. Why? Because then somebody looks at them funny or somebody takes their kid's you know, spot at youth camp or whatever, and then they get mad and they leave, and their kids are never going to get planted in the house of the Lord. Why? Because they don't stay in the harbor they leave. We haven't read it yet, but the I told you moment is coming from Paul. And what, they're, what they don't realize is the harbor isn't perfect, but you don't realize when you leave here, you don't realize what you're getting ready to get into. So here, here's the aha moment, all right? So then it says this, all right? In Acts 27, verse 14, it says, Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cotta, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure, so the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither, listen to this, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. They could have stayed in the harbor. The next decision was worse than staying there. 
In verse 21 it says, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. All right, uh, yep, you're right. Is it kind of nice when you're right? You know, even it's just like, yeah, you should have taken my advice, told you so. Isn't that a wonderful moment? Men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Creek. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sell with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Here's my second thing, right out the storm. If you're in a storm and you step back and you're like, if I'm gonna be honest with me, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm in this storm because I made the decision to be here. You ever been in that storm? If I, listen, if I would have made that decision to go ahead and buy the truck and every time that truck payment would have came in, you know what I would have remembered? This is my fault, I'm here. Some of you, you're in a situation, all right? Quit blaming it on God, just realize I didn't make a wise decision. I didn't stay in the harbor. So my next piece of advice is my point number two, it's this, it's ride out the storm. It says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Why did they give up all hope? It says that the sun and the stars had gone dim. The sun and the stars and the moon is what was guiding them. Can I encourage you with something today? It's not so much what you go through, it's who you listen to and who guides you in the storm. It's not so much what you go through, it's who you're listening to and what's guiding you in the storm. When I was here about a month ago on a Wednesday night, I guess maybe a several weeks ago, there was a young man that called me and he had texted me and he said, hey Ryan, I need to, I need to talk to you and I know what it's going to be about because for the last 10 years since, he's, since I've known him, he hasn't stayed in the harbor. For about the last 10 years, he hasn't listened, he just leaves. And when he was younger, it was, it was girlfriend breakup, girlfriend breakup, and it's like a lot of kids, it went from girlfriend breakup, girlfriend breakup, girlfriend breakup, to now he gets older. And this is why I tell teenagers, if you're always going out and breaking up, going out and breaking up, you're not finding the right person, you're just practicing divorce, all right? <laughs> and they always get mad at me, and then they call me 10 years later. And I was standing there, and I was, and I was talking to this young man, I'm just gonna call him John. And as we begin, as we began to talk, I realized, man, he had made some really bad decisions. It had went from go out, break up, go out, break up, to now it was, it was, he had divorced his wife. And he's standing there, he's like, you know what, as we talk, he realizes, man, there's a lot of things that I should have done better. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I understand, John, you didn't, you, you didn't listen, you didn't listen. You listened to the majority and he's sitting there and, he, and, and he's really struggling and he's really down and I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm telling him, listen to me, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? It says that the last time in the story, the last time they, they asked anybody's opinion, they went with the majority. Who do you go to? When you're making a decision, do you go with the majority? They, start, they started the list of Paul and it went dark and they lost all hope and that's part of their problem. I'm gonna ask you a question. Has God's word gone, gone dim in your life? Have you allowed the presence of God to, to grow cold in your life? If there's ever a time that we need God, is it not this time right now? Have you noticed that when you turn on the news, you get one opinion here and one opinion there and this opinion there and you ask your neighbor and they don't know? Nobody's, nobody knows, right? Nobody knows if there's ever a time that we need. So Ryan, I, somebody's gotta flip the switch on, all right? 
We don't know who to listen to. We don't know who's guiding us. How about this, Psalm 119, 105? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How about that? Is that a good place to start? I love Colossians 3, 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and to be thankful. Allowing the peace of Christ to rule in my heart. That word rule is the same word that we get umpire from. What does an umpire do at a baseball game? He calls balls and strikes out and safe. In our life, I don't know what to do. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. I don't know what to do. Okay, what do you have a peace about? I'm sitting there the night, I'm looking at trucks, and I did not have a peace about it. Why? Because I, God, I want everything, every decision from my kids to my marriage to my truck, every decision, God, I want to have the peace of Christ in my heart. I'm not going to call up the car dealership and ask what they think I should do. Why? Because you know what they're going to say. God, I need the peace of Christ. I believe if you can count the hairs on my head, which doesn't take them long, I believe, God, that you care about every detail in my life. And God, in every detail in my life, I want to stay in the harbor and I want to ride out the storm. Amen? I love Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. <laughs> one of the things I've noticed as a youth pastor is that scripture is so true. Parents, that's a good one for your kids. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. You notice it doesn't say the fool suffers harm, it says the companion of the fool suffers harm. I was thinking about this and I kind of was like, I don't know if I should share, use this as an example or not because it's, it could be kind of touchy, but hey, I'm leaving and Justin will be back next week. But my wife is a teacher. And so there's this whole debate right now, like, do we go back to school? Do we not go back to school? Yeah. My wife's a teacher and her phone's ding, 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 text messages from all her teacher's friends. And everybody has an opinion. And she's like, Ryan, I gotta, and my wife is very good at, she makes it, she's, she's good at making decisions. Everyone's like, what does the Holy Spirit sound like? I'm like, my wife. <laughs> 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 Amen. <laughs> what do you, what does God sound like? She says something, I say, yes, Lord. I don't know the difference between her and God. It's just. But she sat there and I came on one day and she's like, Ryan, I don't, like, I'm not gonna make my life's decision based on what memes say to do. You know what I'm talking about? Can I be real for just a second? Okay? You're like, no, be fake. All right. <laughs> and so she's sitting there. She's like, she's Ryan, I'm not scared to go back to school. She said, I have a peace about it. I'm not, I'm, this is not for or against whatever. I'm just talking about my own life, all right? It's my, my wife, my kid. Okay. She's like, I'm sitting here, and I'm, she's like, I'm reading what I called the doctors, and this is what the doctors say, and, and this is what, this is what, you know, the, I'm reading this article from the American Academy of Pediatrics. And, Ryan, I feel peace about this. It's, it's going to be okay. I'm ready to get back and to make a difference in these kids. Like, that's, what, that's what she's saying. And then she has this teacher, like this English teacher, like, ah, everyone's going to die. And she's like, Ryan, am I, going to, am I going to listen to God? Am I going to listen to a doctor? Or am I going to listen to an English teacher? Like, I trust her with poetry. But like with the whole coronavirus thing, I'm going to, you, you understand what I'm saying? And how many times do you ever come up in a situation in your life, that was my storm, that was my struggle, it was the truck, it was the whatever. When you're in a storm, who do you go to? When you're in a storm, who do you listen to? When you're not sure what to do about your marriage, do you listen to the guys at Buffalo Wild Wings sitting around the bar, or do you listen to what God's word says? Because I can promise you this, the answer that you get is going to be vastly, vastly different. 
Do you have a friend that you can be close to? I, I love in verse 21, is Paul says, men, you should have taken my advice and not sailed from Crete. Well, that's kind of mean. Paul shouldn't have rubbed it in. Here's another one that I love when I'm trying to make a decision. Proverbs 27, six says this, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. If all you ever do is have someone tell you what you want to hear, the scripture says that they're probably not your friend. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. The problem is, is I had my truck all picked out it was going to be really sweet. And then my wife was like, is that the smart thing to do? Because I realized I was about to allow $1,500 to turn into $30,000. I was talking to this, to this young man on the way home, like I was telling you about, John. And I realized in his life, he had been listening to all the wrong voices in his head. And, and he, he made this comment. He said, like, I grew up my whole life thinking that this is what my life was going to be like, and I was going to have this wife, and we we're going to have kids. And, he, and, he's, and, and I said, you can still have that. And, and he made the comment. He goes, you know, my friends at work just tell me that that doesn't even exist anymore. And I said, who are you listening to? And then I said this to him. I said, you know, it sounds like to me you need to leave where you're at, and you need to come home, and you need to have a better support system around you. And he started crying. A grown man, big football player, he starts crying on the phone. He said, Ryan, you're telling me everything I feel like God's been telling me. I just, I can't. I can't do it. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? And then he said, I just wish God would send me somebody, just a good girl, or I wish God would just send me somebody. And I told him, I said, God's not going to send you anyone right now because you can't be trusted with a godly girl. You need to start becoming the person you're looking for is looking for. And I'm like, man, I can't, say, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is, sound, kind of sounds mean, doesn't it? But you know what? What got him in the situation he's in? Listening to a bunch of people who were just multiplying kisses, not somebody. He needed a Paul in his life to stand up and say, stay in the harbor. Listen, don't leave. Today, I'm going to ask you if the sun and the moon and everything in your life, everything in our life has changed. What are you listening to today? What is it? And listen to me. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. And can I just tell you that if the truth will set you free, then what will a lie do? If the truth will set you free, a lie will put you in bondage. In verse 27, it says this. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the sea. When about midnight, the sailors, since they were approaching land, they took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings and found that it was only 90 feet deep. In other words, they're going and they're getting closer and closer and closer to the shore. They're going to crash. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down in the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Again, Paul speaks, unless you stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Can I encourage you guys today, stay with the ship. In this day and age where we're in, you need to stay in the ship. You need to stay in God's house. You need to stay in God's word. Whatever that ship is, you need to stay with your family. Husbands and, and, and wives, we need to be closer today than we've ever been. We need to have our kids closer to us today than we've ever been. And we need to say, we're going to stay. These are not going to be the thing that set the tone in my life for my kids. This is not going to be the only place that my kids get information. This is not going to be the only thing they use to make a decision. But we're going to, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, you kind of sound old school, Ryan. You know what? I found out that old school kind of works. Well, Ryan, it's kind of hard, and, and you know, I don't want to get sick. 
Listen, Hebrews 10.24 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching, all the more that you see Jesus coming back. How many of you can look around and say, I'm not a Bible scholar, (laughs) but I think Jesus might be coming back before too long. And so I'm going to say something that's going to be really strong. Listen, I, I think you need to be in church. And listen, there's people who are older and there's people who are sick and you need to be wise. This is not wisdom, but this is, I'm gonna say the same thing to you I said to one of my friends. It's funny how we can be at the baseball field for our kids' games and not get sick, but we have a, we're scared to go to church. And that just made somebody mad and I'm sorry, I won't be here next week. <laughs> but at some point in time, we have, to ask, we have to ask ourselves, if the Bible says it, am I gonna do it? Am I going to stay in the harbor or am I going to not listen and go ahead and leave? And you can do that. I'm just here to say, listen to me. When you do that, there's going to be a storm on the other side that's going to be worse than where you're at right now. So, bless Jesus. Psalm 92 says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. And then it says this, planted in the house of our Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Of, of our God. Is this not a prayer that we all want for our kids? They will st- still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. What's the key verse in all that? It says planted in the house of the Lord. You can't leave something if you're planted. You can't leave, you have to grow roots, you have to dig deep. And I wanna encourage you today, don't leave, stay in the harbor. If you're in a storm, keep riding out the storm, be careful who you're listening to, don't leave your family. Moms, don't leave your family. Dad, don't, dads, don't leave your family. Kids, don't leave your mom and your dad. Don't leave church, say, God, I need you to be with me. The last thing is this. I'm gonna encourage you today to cut the ropes. It says this in verse 30. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors left the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. And listen to what they did. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. This is now the third time that Paul's talked to them about leaving. They're like, it's crazy. The storms are, are, we're getting close. We're gonna crash. I'm gonna get in that lifeboat and I'm gonna leave. See, here's the problem. If they all get in the lifeboat and they leave, what can they not do? They can't steer the ship. There's not enough guys there to work the sails and do everything. And God had told them, you need to stay on the ship. And Paul tells them again, unless the men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. And finally, these guys are like, I think I'm gonna listen. Anybody have that person growing up in your life when they would say something to you, you listened? Like I grew up, like my grandma went to, um, I grew up in in Assemblies of God Church and if you're familiar with this, like, so like, first of all, my mom and dad, like if you're a kid in here and your mom and dad pray, don't even try, all right? Like you're gonna get caught with everything, all right? I grew up in my church, my grandma, she was kind of like this, like I knew if I do something wrong, grandma's, someone's gonna tell grandma. God, God will tell her, like God had her cell phone number. Then there was a lady in our church named Sister McQueen. She was the one who would usually give the message, the, the interpretation of the, you know what I'm talking about? Like there was a, the son's message and then the interpretation. I was scared to death of that lady. I'm like, God really does talk to her. If I do, like, you're gonna come right up and they're gonna like, they're gonna tell me, right? <laughs> 
That's kind of how it was this time with Paul. They're like, we're listening this time. He says, don't leave. If they leave, we're all gonna die. As the saying goes, life is hard, but it's harder when you're stupid. So the soldiers went over, the, the, the sailors went over and they cut the ropes and they let the lifeboat down. Why did they cut the ropes? Because now there was no way that they could get in the boat. Is there an area in your life where you need to cut the ropes? Is there an area in your life that is tempting you? It says that those lifeboats, they let them down and they drifted away. Is there an area in your life where you realize, you know what, every time I get into this boat, I start drifting. If they all would have got in the boats, nobody would have been left to steer the ship. That's my question for you. I know it's stormy. I know it's crazy. Don't leave. Ride out the storm. God's going to protect you. But you can't drift away. Dads, we can't drift away. Moms, we can't drift away. So they walked over and they cut the rope. Talk to kids all the time. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians. It says, flee sexual immorality. All other sin is outside the body, it's inside. There's some things you have to cut the rope and you just have to get away from. So why, Ryan, what are you saying? Well, maybe, maybe if you're going through a tough time in your marriage, it's not smart to take the secretary out to talk about it over lunch. You know what I'm talking about? You need to cut the ropes. Maybe there's some places you can't go. There's some things that you can't watch. Kids, maybe there's some apps you need to delete. Maybe there's some people you need to unfollow because every time you go back to that same spot, I gotta cut the ropes. As we're closing today, I just wanna ask you some of these questions. Who or what is tempting you to get into the boat and leave? But Ryan, they crashed. Well, you're right, let's read it. It says, when daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the, the, the sail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast and would not move and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. I'm just here today to tell you this. Listen, don't leave. I don't know what you're going through, but God wants you to know you can get to land safely. But you're only going to get there if you listen to him. Cut the ropes. I want to ask all of you to stand today. The first thing would be this. If you're in the harbor, I want to encourage you to stay in the harbor. There might be some things that you don't like, but allow that to make you, help you, let it help you get better, not get bitter. If you're in the storm, ride out the storm. Don't stop. When you're being tempted to leave, cut the ropes. Take temptation seriously. 
well, Ryan, all my friends are doing it. You saw where the majority got these guys. They got them in a storm like they've never been in before. My question for you to this is I'm gonna pray and I just want you to ask God a question. I want you to say, God, what are you speaking to me? God, what are you speaking? I'm listening. Listen, don't leave. God, I'm listening to you, God. What is it that you're saying to me? It might be some ropes that you need to cut. It might be that you're, you're, you're sitting there and like for me, I'm sitting there looking up new trucks on the internet. What are you, what are you playing around with? What's tempting you to leave? What's, what's keeping you from doing what God is supposed to be doing? Maybe it's this, who are you listening to? Is the first thing you go to some app or some meme or some, or is the first thing you go to gonna be God's word, the peace of Christ that dwells in your heart? So God, I pray today, Lord, that you would touch every person that's in this room. Lord, as I said in the first service, the whole time I was driving here from Oklahoma City, Lord, you were dealing with things in my heart. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that we would all ask this question, what are you saying to me, Jesus? Because, God, you sent Paul on the ship to warn them and and, and to help them and to lead them and to guide them. And so, God, I pray now today, God, that you would put Pauls in our life that come along to us, Lord, to help us that speak into our life, Jesus. Lord, there's someone here that's thinking about leaving God and they need to just listen because the next thing they know, they're gonna end up in a storm that's a lot worse. $1,500 is a lot better than 35,000. So God, I pray that today, Lord, that you would speak to hearts and that you would speak to lives. As Shannon sings this song, I'm just gonna ask that you would spend some time alone, just you and Jesus, and ask him, God, what are you speaking to me today? Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.